Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. Today's message, I really feel, is a life-changing message, and it, it deals with something that I have, a question that I've asked for most of my Christian life, and and that question is, how do you help people grow spiritually when there's something, there's something that they love that's keeping them from being what Christ wants them to be? Being a teacher most of my life, I've known several students who have struggled as they got into adulthood with various addictions. And even, you know, coming to this location and first year and a half or so that Amy and I were here, there were far more people walking up and down the street. Remember, and those of you who've been here 20 years, and is being able to reach out to people on the street, invite them into church for coffee or to set through worship practice and then into the service and dealing with people who are struggling with addictions and and just pulling your hair out thinking, how do we help these people? And some of you have family members that um, you might even feel like you lost hope because of uh, the just the demon of addiction. And, and it doesn't have to be an addiction to drive someone away from Christ. Anything that people love more than they love Christ will draw them away from Christ. And we're going to look at this passage. My prayer is that this text in Colossians would shed some light that if you are struggling with an area or you are afraid that you might start to struggle, it would give you a path for victory, a path to to grow spiritually and to avoid some of the downfalls uh, that you see even this week. For those of you who read Christianity Today, the story of Ravi Zacharias and his moral failure, you know, before God and man, that is absolutely devastating in the conversation being how in the world did this man do these things? Well, that's not uncommon today. That's not uncommon We pick up the newspaper and we read of people's moral failures. And we see it, and like I said, some of us have family members that struggle with these things. And there are answers in the Scripture. And I will say that I've been a Christian for 41 years. I've been a Christian. And this question has just always been in front of me. What is the difference between a man or a woman who finishes the Christian life strong and lives for Christ and those who fall away. What is the difference? And how do people who want to change, how does it elude them? How do they try so hard to get a hold of problems in their life and and end up being overcome by those demons? And as I've studied this this week, I see a clear path in the Word of God for spiritual victory. And as I listen to the songs ingrained in the songs that I listen to today, I hear that message. And it's not, you know, it's like when I lose these. Sometimes they're right there in front of me. They're right there. Sometimes they're like this. You ever hear me say, you know, I know my family asks, hey, do you see my glasses? You know, they're right there. They're right there, Mark, right there. 
It's right there. It's right there in the Word of God. And we're going to jump into that. We're going to look at that, and we're going to pray that God would show us how we can help others and help ourselves as if that is what's needed. Let's look right in the verses. Colossians 3, verse 1 says, Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ... When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, spiritually, you and I, we died with Christ and we arose with Christ. It's the picture we see in baptism. That Christ died on the cross, we died with Him. Christ rose from the dead, we rise with Him to live the Christian life. And Paul exhorts the Colossians, keep seeking the things that are above. What's above? I used to think, does he mean heaven? You know, am I, you know, if I'm too heavenly minded, I might not be any earthly good. And that used to confuse me. You know, what, what exactly am I seeking? And then I realized Paul's really saying, keep seeking the risen Christ. The one who's the ruler, the one above, keep seeking Christ. Not the harp or the pearly gates or heaven, the picture we might have of heaven. But keep seeking the one who is the Lord of heaven and earth. Keep seeking Christ. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above. Set your mind on the risen Christ. Set your mind on Jesus. When I see Jesus, and when we focus on him and the cross, that is a game changer when our mind moves from ourself and our ways to seeking the risen Christ, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. God's grace and forgiveness comes through Christ's death on the cross. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. You and I have a hope today. No matter what this world is like, no matter what challenges we go through, when Jesus returns... That will be it. We will have eternal life with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We live in such a way, we keep our eyes on the clouds to see Jesus. That we are focused in Him. And when we're not focused on Him as a Christian, that is the source of all of our failures. But we have to look a little deeper into what that means and how it relates to you and I. Okay, now there are some things in life that we, we don't necessarily want to do. These are some of the temptations that people give into. These are some of the addictions that keep people from being the type of people that they want to be. It says, Paul says, treat the parts of your earthly body as did the sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Paul's not just talking about these items individually. He's talking about a worship of something other than Christ. That those that he was writing to, not only were they not in love with Christ, not only were they not focused on Christ before they knew him, these people were actually in love with sin. And that's how you and I were. Before Paul came to Christ, he was in love with religion. As odd as that might seem, he was totally obsessed with religion. People are obsessed with all types of things. It's not just what you think people would love. You, know? you think, before you knew Christ, what did you love? Before I knew Christ, I loved the thought of playing music. I wor it was my idol. I worshipped it in an unholy manner. 
because it consumed me and I thought about it to the point that the day came when I heard the word of God, I had to choose, do I love music or do I love Christ? Will I follow Christ or will I continue down the path of worshiping music and loving that desire? Nothing wrong with music. Music is a big part of the church. But if it's not under Christ, if it doesn't fall, if this is more important than Christ, it's not going to satisfy. Because Christ alone satisfies. Only that void that's in our life, that emptiness that we have, that spiritual hunger and emptiness in you and I is only filled by Christ. So when a man lives a double life like Robbie Zacharias and lives for something other than Christ, He's not a satisfied man. He's a deceived man. He's a a man of misery because he is not surrendered to the one who alone, no matter what he says, it's not what, and I'm trying to teach this to my children. Don't listen to what people say so much as watch what they do. Actions speak louder than words. And that's how it is for you and I. It's not what we say. You know, you can easily fool me. I'm naturally, I was just brought up to naturally accept people and be laid back about things like that. I'm not as discerning as other people. I tend to believe the best about people. So people can easily fool people. But who are you? What is your focus? What is my focus? What are we focused on? Because whatever we're focused on and whatever we love and whatever we worship is who we really are. Having taught in Christian schools for many years, where the Bible is taught, where the Christian life is expected and required. I mean, they've got this thing down to so many rules that you can't even wear a piece of clothing that's not a certain length or whatever. They've got everything worked out. But the problem is, here's the biggest challenge. If the young men and women, if the boys and girls in those schools do not love Jesus, if they are not truly in love with Jesus in their heart, their Christianity is going to be gone once the restraints are broken. Once they're out of the situation where they're restrained, they're going to be as wild as I don't know what, because I've seen it over and over again. You know, we are going to pursue what we love. The focus of life should not be on making you keep a set of rules It should be teaching you by example and inspiration how to fall in love with Christ and simply pursue him because you become what you're pursuing. What you love, what you and I fall in love with and pursue and desire is what we will become. For it is because of these things, these sins that Paul mentioned, that the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. The sins that we just read have built-in consequences that are paid. In them you once walked when you were living in them. It's natural for a person who does not know Christ to live like they don't know Christ. And now you also rid yourself of all of them. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene speech from your mouth. So not only do we have the first list, we also have this other list. It's about ten things that kind of characterize our lives before we knew Christ. Then the other issue is, not only does behavior has to change, but there's also this big picture of lying. Lying to yourself. 
That's what this man, Ravi Zacharias, did. He lied to himself. Not only did he deceive us by pretending to be someone that he was not, but he lied to himself. He didn't live in truth. His life wasn't transparent, where you could look at it and see who he really is. You know, one thing I've learned, uh, you know, over the years, it's so important. People don't like fake. You know, people like real. And, you know, you, you respect somebody more if they say, hey, I don't believe that, than if they act like they believe it and then they secretly do whatever. Do not lie to one another since you've stripped off the old self with its evil practices. If we have a relationship with Christ and we're in love with Christ, then what we are inside will be what we say we are. There will not be inconsistencies in that. And having put on the new self, which is being renewed in a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created it, in renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Cicero, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. In another passage, Paul says, in Christ there's neither male nor female, in the sense that when we stand before God, you know, it's not that men are superior or women are superior. You know, it's not that whites are superior or blacks are We all, human beings, Romans, Greeks, all of us stand before God and, and have an opportunity to have a relationship with Him and have the freedom. You know, God's grace does not force someone. God does not force you to follow and obey Him. God's grace comes to you and it woos you. It draws you by the love of God seen in the cross. So when we come to Christ, it's not that we are you know, forced to become a Christian. It's that we see Christ, we desire Him, and we fall in love with Him. But we have to work out how do we incorporate that into our lives. How do we work out these truths? So Paul is going to break that down for us, and we're going to see that. Let's pray. Father, I just pray, Lord, as we begin to look at your word in detail and discuss it, Father God, I just pray for each person here that you would just draw them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, draw them into hearing your word. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would give them understanding that your, your meanings your meaning for this passage would be crystal clear. And then, Lord, help us to respond in a way that will bring you glory and that will live out these truths in our lives in a practical way. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Ben Franklin is distinguished not only by the fact that his face was printed on a $100 bill, but also by stating and ending his his days by asking himself powerful questions. Ben would get up early at sunrise and every morning, and he, his day would start with the question, what good can I do today? And I ask you, what is the focus of your life? To understand how we are to grow spiritually and how we are to put Christ above everything else in our life, we have to ask the question, what are we focused on? Our focus is our future, and what we focus on will multiply in our life. 
So the reason our focus is important is the thing that we desire and the thing that we want is what we will become. You know, I had a teacher in, in college. He said, uh, the person you will be tomorrow, you're becoming today. And that process of becoming someone and changing is based on what we're focused on. Now, it doesn't manifest right away. For example, when somebody comes in here and they start playing the guitar, those of us who, who've been teaching can see right from the beginning that someone's going to one day be able to play up on the stage pretty much. So we don't know exactly, but you can tell. When somebody comes in and they're focused and they start practicing, in their mind, they might be playing D and C chord. In our mind, we see a whole bunch of chords being played. You see them playing up here. When I talk to someone, I try to picture them as becoming uh, a musician, not just someone learning a D chord. And that helps. Because if they stay focused, ultimately they determine how good they get in most cases. Now, everybody has different aptitudes. We all have different spiritual gifts. We're not the same. But the truth of the matter is, when you and I come to Christ and we give our life to Christ, and we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and that God loves us, and we respond, and we love God, and we want to grow spiritually, if we will focus on Him, and think long-term, not short-term. Short-term is just doing what you feel like doing. Long-term is thinking of the person that you will become. If you will focus on Christ, and what God can change you into, then when you make a mistake and when you struggle with something, even though you're struggling with a temptation, faith will arise in you and you will believe that if you just continue on this path, God's going to change you. Now, what does that path look like? You know what you need to do. You know what you don't need to do. So you have a clear picture of what is holy and pure and godly. And you pursue, pursue Christ. And when you get off of that path and you do something that's wrong, your, your conscience is going to convict you, especially in the early days when you're newly saved. The Holy Spirit's going to convict you. You ask God to forgive you. I can remember crying when I used to, if I was aware that I'd sinned in a certain way, I'd cry, you know, as a young believer. That's not uncommon. I know people, I've sat and prayed with people and watched them just weep because of sin. Now, see, the closer you get to Christ and the more you love Christ, the more that type of response will be natural. And you will love Christ and love Christ. And the things that you're doing that you don't want to do, you'll slowly become strong enough to resist those things. And then as you get strong enough to resist those, then you'll start helping other people who are struggling with the same thing. And it won't be long before God will show you other things that, where you can grow spiritually. But a particular sin, I can stand up here before you and be perfectly confident before God and man that if there is a particular sin that you're struggling with, any one of us, that if you will commit that area to Christ, Christ will give you victory. I believe it with my whole heart. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. 
There are other things in your life that you will have to work on. But a particular sin, Christ can give you victory over it. Now, a particular sin could be alcohol for some people or drugs. Those particular sins absolutely destroy people. And a lot of people are going to tell you, and you might think it yourself, you might think, well, I don't know what that person can do. Yes, there is something they can do. Christ died on the cross to set us free from that sin. Christ rose from the dead to give us power over that sin. And we can share that hope. We can share that message. And the first step is coming to him and just changing your focus. See, if you were focused, if you're focused on yourself and pleasing yourself, it's only natural that that's what you're going to do. That's what you and I are going to do. We're going to pursue what we focus on. And if we're focused on the things of the world, we will grow in those areas. I've seen people be successful in those areas, and they're focused on it. Focusing on Christ is probably more difficult than anything any of us could imagine. But it's possible. That's why God says with, with man, it's not possible. The disciples said, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? And what did Jesus say? Well, with God, all things are possible. It's supernatural. It is a miracle. It is a miracle when God takes a man who's focused on himself changes his heart to fall in love with Christ and change spiritually. That's a supernatural miracle. That's just like somebody being healed in our presence or somebody being raised from the dead. They're spiritually being transformed. And those miracles are all around us. Don't you and I want to be those miracles? Don't you want to be one of those miracles that you would look at your life and you could write down, these are the things that I'm not proud of. These are the things that are wrong. And no matter where you're at, say, God can change. Just imagine the blood of Christ just covering all of those sins. There is forgiveness. And not only is there forgiveness, there's holiness. There's righteousness. There's change through Christ. And then who receives the glory? Christ. Because it's done in humility, not pride. It's not going to be accomplished by pride. If you think you can do it in your own strength, Tell me how that's working for you. You and I need the power of the Holy Spirit. When we focus on ourselves and our own strength and we try to change these areas, you might find yourself getting worse. You might find yourself struggling more. But it's through Christ that these areas can be changed. What should be the focus of my life? If we focus on keeping a list of rules... We would become like the Pharisees rather than a spiritually mature follower of Christ. Many people, and I would say that some of our schools, our Christian schools, are very legalistic. Let's just be honest. I've been involved in them most of my life. They're focused on a set of rules, and they hold people really tight for appearances. And I understand it's important to keep rules. I know you have to have rules in schools. But if our focus is only on those rules... And not on Christ. If our focus is on the way we dress, the music we listen to, how short our hair is, or whatever the cultural norm is at the time for Christians, whatever that organization thinks a Christian should look like, 
if we focus on those things, those who are successful at conforming will become self-righteous. They will think they're, you know, like for example, if you've been in the United States and then you go to France to interact with Christians in France, some of their habits in America you might consider are wrong. For example, I, I mean, things have changed a lot, but you might see people having wine with a meal. And, and, and our culture has become more like that. But there was a time when you barely knew someone that was a Christian that would drink wine with their meal. If you went to France, you would see that. So imagine the Christian in America who struggled with all types of sins, in bondage to sin, in love with sin, but yet somehow not drinking. Going to France where they drank and acting like he was better than those Christians because they did that. They would totally miss the point. The point is to be focused on Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to change us. It's not the drinking wine or not drinking wine that makes us spiritual. It's the relationship with Christ. And there's many areas like that. Now, these areas that Paul spelled out specifically are always sin. It's not debatable. It's right there in the Word of God. Don't do these things. Don't lie one to another. It's not a cultural thing. That's a, a sin. That is the result of the old nature. And if we want to stop lying, if we want to live in the truth, then we have to come to Christ and focus on Christ, not ourselves. Paul urges believers to focus on the risen Christ. There's a lot of pictures that come to our head when we think of Christ raising from the dead. One is... He conquered death. He broke the power of sin. By rising from the dead, Christ broke the power of sin so that we could walk out of the grave. Paul says, if you've been risen with Christ, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above and not on things of the earth. Paul gives two lists that describe what it looks like when our minds are set on the things of the earth. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene speech are just some of the things that characterize when we're focused on selfishness and pride. If you're struggling with these or other things that you know are wrong, the thing that Paul is saying is take your eyes off of these things, place your focus on Christ, and allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Here's how it works. Do you want to change and become a man or woman of God? Do you want to grow spiritually and mature into a spiritual father or mother for the next generation? Then focus on Christ, and here's what that means. How do you focus on the risen Christ in today's ungodly culture? That's a challenge. Study the life of Christ and learn about Jesus. You're like, well, that's too simple. But you and I aren't doing that. We're not. We're not doing that like we should, are we? Study the life of Christ and focus and learn about Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read those stories. Anyone in here can read the stories of the life in Christ and understand it. It's the easiest part of the Bible to read. If you will read what Jesus did, if you will study this man, 
Jesus of Nazareth and what he said, what he did, the stories that he told, if you will begin to just learn about him and become focused on learning about him, if you and I are born again and you begin to learn about Christ in the Bible by hearing it, reading it, picturing it, and thinking about it, you'll either fall in love or you'll go back to what you do love. If you love him and you read his word, you will be drawn to that. I can remember praying, reading God's word, and just struggling with temptation. Struggling with temptations. And it was not that the temptation got weaker. It was that my love for Christ got greater. And that's the victory for you. That's the whole gist of it. That there is a spiritual struggle and you and I are human. We're not perfect. We have human struggles as human beings, every one of us. And those struggles are not overcome by just trying to toughen up or trying to keep a bunch of rules or by going to church. Those struggles are broken by finding the higher standard, which is Christ. See, he didn't have those struggles. You know, he overcame them. You know, because he was the son of God. He had all of the temptations that you and I have. All of them. And yet he set an example. He is an inspiration. Jesus overcame all of those sins. And then, almost like a twist of faith, he took all of those sins upon himself. And paid the penalty for them. He died for those sins that we've committed. And then he rose from the dead. So that he extends to us the same power that rose Jesus from the dead so that we can live a holy life. But you must find out what that holy life looks like. It doesn't look like just going to church or going to a Christian school and cutting your hair short. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus. He went about doing good. It wasn't just what he didn't do, it's what he did do. It's how he treated people. It's how he interacted. It's the stories he told. It's learning about Jesus in a way that we see something that is far greater than anything we have. And that fulfills that spiritual hunger within us. And as we focus on that, there's going to be a struggle. There's going to be a struggle, but if you love Jesus more than you love the things of the world, you'll let go of those things. Some are going to be harder to let go of, but slowly you will let go of those things and grab hold of Christ and become more like him. And if you want to grow spiritually, if you and I are going to grow spiritually, we need to pick up the word of God and read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John and find out what matter or man Jesus was so that we can become like him in every little detail. If we will look at the details of his life, we will find something that we're not going to find anywhere else. You're going to be what you are now becoming. You're going to be what you are now becoming. Dawson Trotman said that he was the gentleman that founded the Navigators, a worldwide ministry to disciple uh, mainly men, you know, because God knows we need it, you know, to disciple men to become more like Christ. And that was his principle. 
is that you are becoming something that you will be in the future. When you worship God, focus on Christ. So you read God's Word, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you learn about Jesus, and you see Jesus in the Word of God, and you slowly focus on Him and become like Christ. And then when you come in here and when you're worshiping, you know, you focus on Christ. Not the music, not yourself, not, you know, you focus on Jesus, the risen Christ. And that worship of Christ will transform you. When we focus on Christ, our spiritual hunger for God will motivate us to change our behavior to become more like Him. When we focus on Christ, our spiritual hunger, which is in you, you don't have to put that, that's already in you. Just the devil is deceiving you if you're thinking that something else will satisfy that hunger. If you think alcohol or drugs or some type of experience will satisfy that spiritual hunger, you are deceived. Only God, Christ alone, can satisfy that hunger. And as you feed that hunger with Christ, as you give that desire that is within you, the satisfaction of your love and focus on Christ, it will strengthen you spiritually so that you can say no to things that are not true. You are not going to want to receive from someone who's trying to give you something you don't want or don't need. See, if you love Christ so much, if you and I will just fall so in love with Christ, He'll turn to things in the world. I have no desire to be a drunk. I have no desire to lay on the street as a drug addict. I have no desire to walk up and down the street and ask somebody money to buy underwear. I have no desire to do that. That's what drug addiction leads to. I'm just trying to be real with you. I have no desire for that. You know, and, and most of us have no desire to be in broken homes and in horrible situations. We want what's best. What is best? A relationship with Christ. And that'll put everything else in place. If you think that sin will somehow satisfy you, talk to someone who's actually experienced enough of it to tell you how foolish you are. Sin will never satisfy you. Christ alone will satisfy us. The problem is somehow some of us think that we need Christ, but we still allow other areas of our life to be controlled by the enemy. Be greedy for Christ. Take, let Jesus take it all so that you can be a man or woman of God and, and leave, be a spiritual father and mother. Don't just go a little bit with your faith. Go all the way and love God with your whole heart and whole mind. You and I are becoming what we worship. What are you worshiping today? If we worship the things of the world, we will become more ungodly. That's just the principle. If we worship what people think about us, we will become self-righteous. However, if we worship Christ, we will become like Christ. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.